BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on, and this is another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. This is where we finish our roster review. And in the second half of the show, we look forward to the Senior Bowl, which is this weekend. Uh, as always, we have a show. Uh, a page dedicated to us at factormeals.com. You can go to factormeals.com forward slash three yards per carry five zero. That's the number three yards per carry five zero and use the same promo code three yards per carry five zero and you get 50% off your entire order. As always for all THC shroom products, go to dietsmoke.com and use the promo code waddle as in Jalen waddle. Use the promo code WADDLE and you get 50% off any one item that is dietsmoke.com. All right. Uh, let's get going with these the linebackers. And I'll start with you, Simon. A- am, am I right to, to, to think that one of the best additions of this, of this past season was David Long? He had no soft tissue injuries, so maybe that's a concern if you know if you're if you're looking for if you have monsters under your bed, and that could happen this this coming season. But the goodwill that Duke Riley brought on toward the end of the year because he stepped in admirably in a, in a couple of games was short lived, and now you have a cap figure in Jerome Baker that you might have to undo, and therefore this could be another unit that needs pretty much an overhaul especially when you're replacing two or three guys of a five-man unit simon 
Yeah, I mean, I suspect they'll keep Duke Riley because of his special teams value. Um, I thought Long was excellent. I thought he was excellent in Tennessee. And the one thing that he kind of struggled to do was stay healthy. But there was a kind of a weird fit at the start of the season with Fangio not really playing him. And I do think that was part of the factor behind Fangio kind of just turning some of the players off. I think David Long was one of the players that he turned off. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I, you kind of saw the value of, of Jerome Baker when he wasn't playing. Um, it was almost like Baker's performances went up because he didn't play as much as anything else. But I thought he was really solid yet again when he was playing. You know, pick six against Philadelphia, but he played brilliantly against Buffalo in the final game when he came back. Um, is it a, you know, is it an area of need? It's an area of depth need, and and you know, we still don't know anything about Channing Tindall, and I suspect that mm. you know that ship is has sailed, Chris. You know, in terms of. You know, he's had absolutely no playing time whatsoever, had no playing time when Baker was injured, had no playing time when Riley was struggling. Um, so it kind of feels like he's not going to, you know, that's two now defensive coordinators who don't think he's up to to the muster. So um, it's difficult to see where we go from here with regards with regards to Channing Tindall. But I just think there are so many other issues on the, on the team that need surgery that, you know, trying to dig through the linebackers and get that sorted as well is a, a huge problem, Chris. Yeah, I think that uh, Channing Tindall, the point is, it's a fair point because he's been here two years, but um, and still, you know, still nothing. But uh, I almost wonder if, frankly, the way things progressed with uh, Vic Fangio and the way things ended, um, particularly, you know, accounting for uh, for Cam Smith and, and the way that he was, you know, in the doghouse the entire year. Channing Tyndall was never a guy that um, I, I thought that Vic Fangio was destined to like. Um, and sure enough, he did not. Um, I, it, it still baffles me that he didn't like David Long. Um, I, I thought that was a guy that, that Vic Fangio would, would certainly appreciate. Uh, and I, I guess he did as the year went on. But, um, but so with Channing Tyndall, I, I do wonder if they could, they could listen. We were ready to give up on, Guys like uh, Liam Eikenberg, Austin Jackson, um, and Chris Greer was not right. You know, and and this was this was after multiple years of Austin Jackson, for example, not doing well. So, um, so I think, and and we were ready to. How how often were we ready to give up on Noah Igbenogany? And then and then only finally this year did they did they trade him uh off to somewhere so so i yeah I'd, I'd hold off on the uh, on the idea that channing tindall is is out of the question or out you know out of the uh, all equations and such um jerome baker i think you're you didn't hit the nail on the head uh when he was not in the game you suddenly saw what what his absence means for the defense um I think that Duke Riley, you know, a couple of struggling performances under the circumstances that they had, that's probably a little bit unfair to just all of a sudden put him on the scrap heap like you're only a special teams player. He's had a solid career as a backup here in Miami um, and filled in very nicely in some games and then struggled in a couple of other games. And that's what backups do. Um so I, you know, I, I do think that uh, that Duke Riley will will stick around. I think David and David Long will stick around. I think that um, they will look to keep Jerome Baker. 
uh, and that they will probably give uh, another go for Channing Tindall under a new defensive coordinator. I will say this. I noticed that the defensive coordinator candidates, I pointed this out earlier, are really uh, lopsided toward linebacker coaches. You know, if you've uh, if mm-hmm. you've been you know paying attention, you got guys with all these linebacker coach backgrounds. Uh, Ryan, the internal candidates, Ryan Slowick, he's an outside linebackers coach, and that's what he's his history has been. Um, you know, Anthony Campanelli is a linebackers coach. Uh, the guy uh, Chris Shula, who just got promoted by the Rams to be their defensive coordinator, his background is as a linebackers coach. Um, Bobby Babich was a linebackers coach for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Chris Kiffin is a linebackers coach for the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, I think that um, I think that it's really oriented toward. And in fact, none of them, none of them are actually defensive backs or secondary coaches by trade. None of the guys that Miami has actually interviewed. Um, Ed, uh, Evero would have been. Uh, but they were denied. Um, well, he's a defensive coordinator, but before that, he was a DB's guy. Leslie Frazier, I mean, he's been a defensive coordinator for 20 years. I don't know at this point that you consider him, a, you know, a specialty guy somewhere. Um, but yeah, so so I think it's really oriented toward the linebackers coaches, and that that is meaningful to me. I don't know exactly what it means, but but it's conspicuous. And um, and I wonder about it. I wonder if that that means certain things uh, about this group. All right. For the rest of the, the linebacking core, it's essentially just Calvin Munson, who, who is a guy I really like. But uh, like we're fond of saying, uh, those guys, you just find a, a good Phil linebacker. They exist. They're everywhere. Calvin Munson is one of the better ones, you know. So, you know, that's just a, a guy that you play at the at the back of your, your roster as a special teamer. And you break glass in case of emergency. And if you're breaking that glass and playing them two or three or four games in a row, you got problems. But he's a fine player. And I I guess he'll be invited to camp uh, next year. But that's it for, for that linebacking core. As far as the secondary, now this is an interesting, interesting spot. Because I think we we all agree, you know, we're pretty happy with with what Jalen Ramsey turned in as a season this year. I think we're all in agreement that Xavier Howard's cap number is probably a problem and he could be sacrificed. But I'm going to start here. Are we likely to replace or do we need to replace Cater Kohu? Because any way you slice it, this was a bad season for him. Simon? I mean, I think, again, cornerback is a massive issue. Uh, I don't think you can, <clears throat> you can have too many corners, um, but I think Howard won't be back. I just think financially that just doesn't fit. Um, I think Kohu, you kind of put it down to the scheme as much as anything. Um, but, you know, I, I think significant work has to be done, needs to be done. You know, is Cam Smith going to be a guy that they can essentially look to start opposite Jalen Ramsey next year? Um, do you move Kohu fully back into the slot? and change the scheme so that it benefits him as best as possible. Uh, it's very difficult to see, you know, Nick Needham, Elijah Campbell, all these players that are kind of coming off injury or, or Bethel, all these guys, you know, you kind of want to retain them because of the backup and special teams value. But, you know, if we had no Xavier Howard and Jaden Ramsey 
gets injured again, for example, then you are really, really light on the back end. Um, it will be important to see, you know, what the scheme is and and who's running it. You know, if it's Brandon Staley, then that's going to veer more towards a Vic Fangio type scheme. Um, we don't know what Ryan Slowick or Campanile will run. We don't really know. I mean, we have more indications because of his time at, at, at Houston as to what Weaver will, will run. Um, but... Yeah, I think a Brandon Staley scheme would be bad for Kade Kohu um, in terms of, you know, he clearly looked way out of his depth and you wonder, you know, <laughs> you don't want to change the scheme for a guy who was an undrafted free agent from Texas A&M, A&M Kingsville. Um, mm. uh, so it will be interesting to see how it plays out because um, he did look lost at sea at times last year. But for me, uh, you know, I think... It would have been nice to see Cam Smith play to kind of get an idea of what's, you know, what's in the box, what's what's in the bag, what's he got, um, because I think this season we're almost certainly going to need him. Chris is replacing Cater Kohu on your whiteboard this off season. Uh, no, I, I don't think they will. I, I think that the, again, um, there was an issue. All right, so so the epicenter of the issues with uh, with Vic Fangio were in the DB room. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that much is, is known. These are the guys who are, uh, on background killing Vic Fangio, uh, sometimes <laughs> yeah. for sometimes foreground ki- killing Vic Fangio. Right. Um, you know, sometimes right out in the open killing Vic Fangio, uh, that DB's room, you, you didn't see much of the DB's room on hard knocks. You didn't see much of the DB coaches. Um, and, and, which I think makes it all the more interesting that so many of the defensive coordinators that Miami have interviewed uh, are not secondary coaches. It makes me wonder if between, uh, you know, Casper and Sam Madison and Ronaldo Hill, um, if, if the Dolphins actually feel like they have something going here, but that Vic Fangio stood in the way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's hard to make heads or tails of that, what I do know is that Cater Kohu went from being, you know, from ha- turning in a really promising performance under Josh Boyer to uh, to at times looking good and then at times really looking out of his depth trying to uh, to do what what Vic Fangio wanted him to do. Um, and so I d- listen. If you just pull yourself and take the mile high view. Uh, you had a coordinator that didn't work out. Uh, the the real you know epicenter of all of that conflict was in the defensive backs room, supposedly not listening to his players as to what you know they're more comfortable with, what they want to run, what they want you know um, what their ideas are. Also, apparently, according to Albert Breer, not listening very much to his assistant coaches, or, or, or at least not allowing his assistant coaches to to present things directly to the, um, to their, their uh, defensive players. But yeah, so, so, so then you'd say, well, we're going to have, we're going to have to give a mulligan here. We're going to mm-hmm. have to give a mulligan to guys like Cater Coho and, uh, and Cam Smith, you know, um, Cam Smith was a promising prospect. He never played. Uh, he hardly played at all this year. Uh, I don't think that that, you, I don't think that suddenly goes away. Um, so, and then Ethan Bonner actually turned in some nice work, uh, in, uh, in the final, in the final game in the, the preseason game. So, and, and always had, 
you know, I mean, he had Tyreek Hill's respect, um, who talked about him quite a bit. And I think that he had several uh, members of the team's respect. So, so that's something to look forward. Nick Needham, if you're talking about a guy that's coming off of a major injury, you know, what's, what's the thing we always say about that for years and years and years, second year off of a major injury, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that's when the guy returns to form. So, so I think that it's fair to expect that Nick Needham is going to be a little bit better next year. I think it's fair to expect that Tater Kohu could be better next year with the right defensive coordinator who's listening to his DB's room. I think it's fair to, you know, expect Cam Smith could be uh, could actually contribute something. You know, uh, I think all of that thing, all of that is fair to expect. And and then you, but then you, Simon's point really hits home. You, you you jettison Xavier Howard and you have just Jalen Ramsey left. Uh, well, what if Ramsey gets hurt? And then what what's that unit look like with guys that are all kind of under the gun? Uh, you know, between Cater Coho and, and Nick Needham and, you know, guys like that needing to show that they're Cam Smith needing to show that they're better than they were under Vic Fangio. Uh, I think that is that is poignant um as a as a criticism of the a critique of the group however at the end of the day because of the salary cap situation and because of the resources at hand i'm not sure there is much choice but to sort of take a leap of faith all right and as far as the the rest of the group man there's so many free agents that we're going to do free agents uh, a free agency show and we're going to be able to touch on all these guys eli apple deshaun elliott brandon jones nick needham uh justin bethel all of those guys are free agents so when we talk about the cupboard, it's essentially just Cam Smith and Ethan Bonner. Uh, Cam Smith, I know what I saw in training camp. In that practice setting against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, those two guys can absolutely make you look like a clown. And Cam Smith was holding his own, then played well in that one preseason game, and then was sent into the, into the netherworld never to be heard from again, which I found odd. So I'm kind of optimistic on Cam Smith. Simon, do you have anything on on Ethan Bonner? Because, uh, man, uh, rave reviews. And according to Vic Fangio, he's better than Cam Smith because he was playing in games at the end of the year. So, so there is that. Uh, any any thoughts on Ethan Bonner? Because that's all that's in the cupboard. It's Cam Smith, Ethan Bonner. That's it. Simon, uh, I mean, he's fast. He's white. So he's he's, he's a fast hey. Jason. He's a fast Jason Seahorn. I mean. <laughs> I have nothing on him beyond his speed. I'm just sat here watching. Uh, are you watching the Pro Bowl uh, skills thing? No, I'm not watching that right now. Chris, are you watching it? No, no. Okay, so it's just been the quarterback accuracy. Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts, Tua, Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, CJ Stroud, and Gardner Minshew in a scoring situation where you try and hit different moving targets. Who was... First in this quarterback accuracy, Tua Tungavaloa. I'm going to no, take Gardner Minshew just to be chaos. No, it was CJ Stroud was first. Who was last? Oh. Oh, Tua Tua was last. <laughs> Beaten by Gardner Minshew. In fact, Tua <laughs> was so inaccurate that it was like watching one of us chucking it around. <laughs> Well, he did not do Dan Marino proud. Who who he did not. Previously, he didn't do anybody proud. Who previously held that record? 
So and he also wouldn't he wa- he also wouldn't throw the child on the uh, on the the Super Bowl commercial. No, very Ugh. true. All right, last thing before we go to break, they're replacing the punter, Jake Bailey. Simon, yes, Chris, e- easily. And notice, I'm I'm not even asking about Jason Sanders because he's back. Yeah, I thought Sanders uh, played well. Generally, I thought he was solid, but but Bailey was was very mediocre. And what was well, what was disappointing was that how well um, uh, what should we call it punted for the Jets, who we had the year before and didn't retain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this for a team that is extremely salary cap uh, strapped this uh, this off season, uh, a four million dollar kicker place kicker. Uh, That's does, a very good point. Yes, does seem like a little bit of a luxury. Yeah, yeah, uh, I completely agree. All right, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, and by the way, that concludes our roster review. When we go to break, and when we come back, we will talk a little senior bowl, just a little bit. bit Just a bit of breaking news before you go to the break. Uh, The Eagles have put in a request to interview uh, Joe Casper, our safeties coach, for the same role. So Vic Fangio trying to take Casper over to the Eagles. Uh, I'll make a prediction. He will be with the Eagles by Monday. All right, and we will see you on the other side of the break. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than eighty five star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. All right, and we're back. Well, Senior Bowl is is upon us. And man, I've I've had a lot of fun watching some of these reps. Uh, I'm just going to talk about one guy because that's the guy that I've been watching all day today. Uh, and I just started digging into every single rep I could find. It's hard to find what's your Kentucky tape, okay? And if I request it, uh, I'll get weird emails that that come back that say what, huh? <laughs> so it's hard to find. So you just got to basically watch them out there getting these one-on-one reps and try to gleam something from that. And then you got to watch a lot of highlight film, but Malachi Corley, Jesus Christ, Simon. Uh, I was telling uh, Chris before we were on the air, there's a rep, uh, Max Melton. Do you know who he is? Uh, you like him? Of course, the Rutgers corner. Yeah, he's the brother okay. of Bo Melton. All right, there's a one-on-one rep where it's, you know, it's a slant. So I don't care that Corley's going to beat him for the for the slant and you know run it for for a touchdown like who cares it's one on one you're supposed to win right but melton tries to i guess cheat by getting his lead hand in there to slow him down and corley just chops down on that hand extends by 2 yards catches the ball and runs it another 44 the touchdown but that's not what's important what's important is on that chop you could just see the look on melton's face of anguish and pain as if why is this guy trying to break my wrist? Uh, Malachi Corley plays the game mean-spirited. If that's not Debo Samuel, I don't know what is. But I came away blown away by this guy today. Uh, like, man, does he look the part. And he's strong. 210 pounds he weighed in at, and he's 5'10 and a quarter. Uh, I guess I'll ask you about Malachi Corley before we get into a few of these other prospects. Simon? Yeah, I mean, Debo Samuel is a good um, is a good comparison to him. He is big, he is physical. I think he's the best run after catch uh, receiver in this draft. He can play him outside. He can play him in the slot. You can give him the ball in the backfield. Uh, he can do it all. He's so tough. He breaks so many tackles. Um, 
you know, he looks like a big running back at times with the ball in his hand. Uh, he's just explosive. Um, and whilst he doesn't, he lacks a bit of detail in his route running in terms of some of the precision routes that you might, you might get with the Dolphins. I, I think he, you know, you, you couldn't be Mike McDaniel and not look at him and think this kid would do some serious damage in our offense. Um, given time, I think you just get the ball in his hands and you watch him go. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you have anything on Corley, but do you have anything on that third pass catcher that we desperately need from this this these two rosters? Because... Well, I think you know. First off, yeah, they're they're going to bring back some some guys uh, from the the cupboard, so to speak. So um, you know, don't don't necessarily count them out. Um, but I think that the third pass catcher uh, it could be it could be a wide receiver like uh, Malachi Corley, who I've I have actually seen him um play he's you know highly exciting after the catch um and by just, the way wait in officially uh, i hate to interrupt you but wait in officially at the senior bowl five ten and a half 215 pounds yeah and and he plays he plays like you know as, as far as listen i i think this is a highly synchronized offense and the the obviously the way to try and 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 beat it has been to disrupt the receivers, disrupt the timings, not let them be where they want to be at the exactly the right time. Um, and you, you see a guy like Corley in particular who is able to run through contact and and just you know um, run his route kind of regardless of the physicality. And I think that that's that's very attractive to a Miami um, Dolphins team who who needs. Who needs to be able to uh, stay on schedule even when um, when defenses start to disrupt a little bit? Um, but that third pass catcher could all could also, for all we know, come in the uh, the form of a tight end. Uh, you know, we've talked about we talked quite a bit about Jaheim Bell of Florida State and what he has to offer. I think that as far as pass catchers go. He could be like, you know, there is there is room in this offense. People don't think there is, but there is room in this offense for like a, a slot receiver slash tight end type of guy. It just he has to fit in with the phases of the offense that, um, you know, with the way that Miami asks these players to fit into the, the different phases of the offense, both the run and the pass. Not every tight end has to be the guy that blocks a five technique. Um, I don't think that, you know, when Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel sat down and watched tape of Mike uh, Gesicki when McDaniel first got here, I don't think any of them were delusional enough to sit there and say, oh, yeah, we're going to turn him into a blocker. You know, I, I think they knew what they had, and yet they put the franchise tag on him and gave him $10 million dollars to see what he's got in this offense. Why did they do that? I think they wanted to see what he had in the passing game. And what they discovered is that from a, from a passing game perspective, he doesn't have the short area quickness, the contact balance, uh, the run after catchability to, to do what they really want him to do. So all they could lean on is him as a, uh, a rebounder and a red zone threat, which was significant. He caught five touchdowns. You notice our tight ends this year caught zero. Mm -hmm. um so so they i think that there's room for a guy who as a tight end is somewhat of a slot receiver as well as a tight end like a jaheim bell but then again there's also room you can take it different directions there's also room for a theo johnson you know um who can potentially uh 
be a, a really nasty, vicious blocker at times, uh, depending on you know which games you're watching, which tape, um, and then also be compelling. I mean, he's having he's having a good Senior Bowl pra- slate of practices. I've been watching him, and um, and so you could say, well, maybe this is our unicorn, the guy that truly does do it all. So maybe so. I don't know. But um, I think the Dolphins could look toward that position to be the number three pass catching threat, uh, particularly since Mike McDaniel did tell um, uh, Greg Olson prior to the game during the production meetings that, you know, tight end getting that involved is the next phase, uh, the next phase of evolution of this offense. All right, Simon, give me three prospects from these rosters that Dolphin fans should be aware of? Uh, I don't have them in front of me, but I would say that the the defensive tackles at Texas, uh, Sweat and Murphy would be guys that uh, Sweat certainly... Uh, Sweat had a, a day today. He was good yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, he didn't practice today, and I'm not sure if he's even still at the senior bowl, but Jackson Powers Johnson, obviously the center. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Leati Latu, the UCLA pass rusher. Mm. Uh, I think that they should watch uh, the kid, the tackle from, uh, well, I mean, there's a number of tackles. The tackle from Oregon State, Fuaga, and the tackle from uh, Arizona, Jordan Morgan, I think are well worth keeping an eye on as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a few guys there. that that And Graham Barton, I think, from Duke as well, is another guy that I think is... Um, well worth keeping an eye on, given that you know he could play all five positions. Probably would be either a guard or a center with the Dolphins, but I think you could probably put him at left tackle and he'd be okay. Yeah, he also had a pretty strong day as well today. Good player, just yeah. a smart. Yeah, he's the sort of guy that will get drafted by the Packers and end up playing, you know, ten years for Green Bay at some position on the interior, maybe at center. Yeah, but Devondre's De- uh, sweat, Jesus, man. <laughs> he is a unit. What a big, big human being. 6'4", 338 pounds. And yeah. and he looks every bit well, of it out there. We don't we don't we don't know what he what he I mean he refused to weigh in. Right? Yeah. Well, so and, they just put it they just put three thirty-eight in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it, well, he's be possibly, <laughs> I mean they they by the end I, I just I just saw a clip of him. They had him run a route and uh and and catch a football like a you know, like a tight end. And um yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, but um it's, there's some interesting running backs there as well. I think the running back group is really, really deep. I mean, it's not like uber talented, but there's some, you know, you could Dylan Lobby of New Hampshire and a kid I was watching the, the scene, Imani Bailey of TCU is a good player. Um, there's some, there's some good depth the, uh, across the, the running back board and some of them they've got at the senior bowl and some, it's just a shame that Jalen Wright of Tennessee is unable to play because of the injury he picked up um, at the end of the season. But yeah, he's another one who's just got, insane speed and you know lightly used a lot of talent so there's some good players at the senior bar like you look at someone like spencer rattler where's rattler gonna go i mean that's such an interesting conversation to me mm-hmm. in terms of you know really talented player it has had some off-field issues in terms of personality and you know those sorts of things uh, but it flashed big time at times both at oklahoma and at south carolina you know where does he end up going you know he, he could be all over the board and you know you if Spencer Rattler falls into day two, uh, day three, which I can't seem possible, but you know, if he did, then you'd have to, you know, teams would be jumping all over him, and you know, because there's there's a guy with starter potential for me in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, La- last thing, 
Dolphins hold pick 21. First of all, is pick 21 on these rosters? And uh, give me who are the most likely candidates for that pick at 21 from these rosters. Uh, I would say from these rosters, I would say Troy Fatanu, uh, Washington. I would say uh, I think the the kid at Oregon State will be out out of reach. I would say uh, Morgan. Uh, I would say Barton. I would say Powers Johnson. Uh, I would say Latu. I would say Sweat. Uh, I would say Jazan Newton. Um, uh, who else? That's probably it. I think in terms of, you know, if they look at corner, I think Quinion, the 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 kid from Toledo, is going to go before they pick. Um, you know, you might. I, I know that the Florida, the uh, Alabama guys aren't there. I think Arnold will go before. I think. McKinstry could be in that kind of area but again it just depends on who the DC is depending on you know there's no point in if you're going to play like off man and, and more zone there's no point in drafting a you know press man corner so I, you kind of have to wait and see on corners a little bit but um, I, I would say those linemen I think for me uh, would be kind of front and center in terms of who you'd be looking at wouldn't you Chris I mean that kind of feels yeah. like to me the, the area you've got a bulk up I can't I can't you know, I can't help but pay attention to those guys, you know, to the offensive line because, you know, there's there's clearly a need there. Um, the one caveat is that we've been talking about, you know, do they bring uh, do they bring Christian Wilkins back or not? And I will just say this, um, you know, let's 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 hype, let's do a hypothetical uh, right now. Um, we saw the offensive line without a lot of guys this year. Right. Um, mm. they're game, this game to that game, there are guys just all over the place missing. We saw 50% of the snaps basically without Teron Armstead, for example, I left tackle your, your best offensive lineman, Teron Armstead. Um, and they played 50% of the snaps out him, uh, without him. Uh, how much were they slowed down by the, by being missing Teron Armstead? Uh, I'm kind of playing a little devil's, devil's advocate, but, but how much were they slowed down by missing Teron Armstead when you know going to Kendall Lamb or uh, or even Keon Smith? Versus now, imagine on the defensive side of the ball, imagine if Christian Wilkins was out. Mm. You know, I think that that would have hurt the defense a lot more than the 50 percent of snaps that we saw without Teron Armstead. At who we don't know if he's going to be here next year. And, and that's probably another conversation. Um, you know, so, so I think that, you know, that's the one thing that we have to keep in mind is, is for two years now, the dolphins have gone with sort of a bargain approach with the offensive line. They've, they've said that we get the ball out so fast, it doesn't matter. Um, and they've produced a number one offense doing exactly that. So, um, so if they do lose Christian Wilkins, then you should be looking at that defensive line unit. You know, uh, Jerzon Newton, I don't think is going to be there at 21, unfortunately. Um, but if he was, then slam dunk. But um, but I think that uh, I think that's the that's the caveat. Otherwise, yeah, I was, I was Jackson Powers Johnson was was absolutely stellar in, in the two days that he practiced before uh, before he had a um, an injury and came out. Uh, he actually entered the week with an injury that he had in training. So he did all that, you know, while already hurting. 
Uh, Jordan Morgan, Arizona, the offensive tackle is a guy that I really like. Uh, his his arms came in at um, about 33 inches, like, uh, you know, a, a, an eighth of an inch shy of that. Uh, and, and some people will uh, not like that. And so he could fall down the boards a little bit. But I think that between his athleticism and uh, the strength, and he had he had some reps on this. Like there's he's he's kick slide or he's he, he's kick stepping backward right and there's two heavy there's two bag guys holding bags in front of him you know walking with him and he's doing the two hand punch you know left and then right and then left and then right and so on and so forth he actually knocked the guy on his right straight onto his onto his ass like with his two hand punch I'm talking about like the six inch punch right he knocked him onto his butt with that while kick stepping backward it was it was it's one of the craziest things that i've that i've actually seen um at the senior bowl before he is powerful when he gets his hands on you and when he punches you you feel it and that's in addition to his being a crazy athlete and so i think that you have to pay attention to that to that guy in particular um but you know as, as simon alluded to with the other tackles too uh with uh Talese Squaga has been playing really well at the Senior Bowl. Um, you're looking at uh, Troy Falcano, who we all love him. He, we love him on tape, um, and I think that Amarius Mims is going to be a guy that you know if, is tailor made for Chris Greer to love. Um, and so, so there's there's a lot of guys to pay attention to uh, in the offensive tackle area, but you know we our eyes got to be looking at that Jackson Powers Johnson kid. I mean, just imagine what we can do with not just a downhill run game element added to the to the offense, but also, you know, with him being stout on third downs a little bit longer, keeping the middle of that offensive line clear for Tua Tunga-Vailoa to convert those third downs. Uh, that became such an issue in the final and most important games of the season. Yep. And with that, I think we'll leave it right there. And then on on Monday, I think we'll we'll recap the Senior Bowl, as in we will go through the the two rosters a little bit more in depth because we will have all the the practices that Simon has not seen, so he'll be able to see those. Uh, and if not, I'll get him to him. Uh, so we will do that on Monday, and then of course it's Super Bowl week, so we will do our little routine that we always do as far as preview and recap of the Super Bowl, and that will be it. That will be the season, our sixth season, sixth season. That's a lot, huh? That's a lot, right? That's... And then I, and then I'll give you, I'll give you even further news. Then we'll take a week off, and then it'll be the seventh season of three yards per carry. You know, right? it, you know what the weird part, Alf, is just just before we go to break, I'll finish with this. Uh, is it's weird how it doesn't seem as long as six seasons. Right for for the podcast, but it yeah. does seem like longer than just like however long a year a, a year or so that we've been doing the Discord. Doesn't it seem like? Doesn't it seem like we've been doing the Discord longer than <laughs> yes. we actually have? But the podcast for less amount of time than it actually has. Yeah, because I think because the Discord was maybe a little bit more work, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, but it's 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 fun. It's funny how that works out. Yeah, and of course, if you want to become a member of our Discord, you go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans, and you become a member there for just three dollars a month. See you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. 
You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.